The podcast which you are about to hear is politically incorrect and offensive. The opinions expressed by the three assholes recording it are done so solely for comedy purposes. Listener discretion is advised. This is the Whiskey Reel. Four and three and two and one. No reason, no conscience, no understanding, and even the most rudimentary sense of good or evil. If what you say is true, the Shaolin and the Wu-Tang could be dangerous. Your mother sucks big fucking elephant dicks. Got that? Come on now, dog. You know I give you the mad, fat, superfly, stupid, dope, dumbass, retarded, bomb shit props. Take a big step back and literally fuck your own face! I like to call him El Tortuga, which is Mitch McConnell. Ooh. The most powerful turtle in the Ninja Turtle universe is Mitch McConnell. He just got his ass handed to him by uh, Joe Manchin and, and uh, old Chucky Schumer. Go on. They, are, uh, they end around at him. They, they fucking flipped the ball. He ran wide. They fucking they did a little crack block on the end and actually scored and gave McConnell his first loss. And when's the last time Mitch McConnell like lost? Well, yeah, because he a, basically gets his way. Yeah, right. So they just passed an inflation bill uh, to help alleviate what's happening right now, and the Republicans were so mad about losing. I'm going to take my football and go home. That they decided to shit on the veterans in response to losing a bill about inflation. They decided to. Um, completely do an end around and destroy the uh, PACT Act. Which so is, that yeah. was a health care act involving Strictly veterans. Strictly only for veterans. Only for veterans it that were exposed to toxic material. Absolutely. A fire pit yes. is what they called it. And it wasn't only a, a, a health bill, but it also helped them stay off the streets, helped homelessness, create like uh, job help. It was a very extensive, thoughtful, considerate bill. Yeah. And uh, so originally it went to the Senate. They voted for it like 84-16 in favor. Like who wouldn't? Came back to the Senate after they lost. Or back to the House. Senate. So the House passed it. The House passed it. The Senate passed it. For whatever reason, they came back and did a revote on Probably it. Probably, yeah, yeah. And then decided within the course of a couple weeks that um, it wasn't good now. So 30 Republican senators changed their mind on a bill that only helps veterans, that had no fat in it, no pork in it. This wasn't like a way, like every most bill has pork in it. You just kind of... You, you look for the greater good, and we understand that other people are going to make money. It's, it's shysty. It's corporate fucking shilling. We get that. But this honestly was just supposed to help veterans. Right. And the Republicans did their, their – they do what they do, man. They, they never disappoint. Stay on brand. On brand. Um, and it was pretty hilarious because the, the, the Republicans were mad because the Democrat, Democrats that have the majority used it. Like that, that's literally all that happened. Yeah. We're in control of the Senate. They used it. And God forbid, look what happens when like Manchin turns into a Democrat. Yeah. 
We we get stuff passed. It's like twice a year. Yeah. Well, you're being very, <laughs> <laughs> very kind to Mr. Manchin. I don't love that guy. No. I don't love him. God, no. Um, He's yeah, kind so, of a, what's the word? Dick? A turd. Oh, a turd. He's a big turd it's in the punch tur- bowl. He's a big turd. He's literally the turd in the Democratic <laughs> punch bowl. Has there ever? And what's a uh, cinema? Right? Cinema. Yeah. Yeah. Cinema. So, so they all voted. Cinema. They all voted to get through the inflation um, bill. That's going to basically. Well, they all want to get reelected. Yeah, and that's obviously the topic of the day. People still, you know, we talked about it last last week and the week before about how gas prices are coming down now and they're still ranting about $5 gas and there isn't $5 gas anymore. It's it's coming down. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's great. It's still like a buck 30 over it, what it was a year ago. Sure. I'm not trying to make light of that. But things are moving in the right direction um, by virtue of that. Devil's advocate moment. Would you agree with me that we spent... The last year or so claiming that the president doesn't really have any direct influence on gas prices mm-hmm. and therefore the prices are, you know, not his fault. Right. So yeah, when they I've, start coming yeah. down, then it's 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 the classic thing. It's his fault when they're going up. It's he had nothing to do with them coming down. Or vice versa, right? I'm just saying. I mean, the like, argument goes both ways. It It's one or the other, though. Yeah. Either he's in control of everything or he, is, he isn't. He obviously, he can do an executive, like few people know or plenty of people know or they don't talk about it. The president does have some amazingly powerful decision making he can do. Well, suspending the gas tax right is a big step exactly and that's something the president can do exactly yeah yeah just like loan forgiveness student loan forgiveness that's something that he alone can do that's a real thing that can happen and quite frankly he's holding that one he's holding that fucking card close watch in 2024 y'all yeah. Watch when he busts out loan that forgiveness. One, that one's coming. He's and the Republicans are so scared right now because all they have is uh, dummy uh, OG dummy, and now they got new little dummy uh, oh. DeSantis. Yeah. So, but they have so many weapons that they can throw out like twenty twenty three, early yeah, yeah. twenty four for sure. Um, they're scared to death. So all they keep screaming about is trans bathrooms and. Grooming kids at libraries. That's what they got. Crazy, relevant stuff. Super. And now that MTG and Bobert are coming out and defining themselves as Christian nationalists, which is so amazingly hilarious considering how this country was founded on not religion and not nationalism either. Well, they are what I would describe as American Taliban. They, yeah, they want everything to be based upon Judeo-Christian beliefs. Yep, which is so antithetical to what we are as a people, to like and always have been the literal constitution yeah. that they that they just lather themselves up and foam all over each other for. Yeah, is the document that they basically are completely disregarding in everything that they do until they need it. Oh, and then they lean at it hard, you know? And both sides do that shit, man. No, they do, but there's you know, clearly one side know, that does it to a point of... It drives me nuts. I know, dude. It's, it's like everybody likes the shit in the Constitution that they like. Right. 
if it supports your agenda, and then let's call it. Let's call it. Right. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. State rot. Bums me out. State rot. Yeah. Um, until you cross the border to get an abortion, then it's no longer state No rot. longer state rot. That's cool. We're done that's, with that. That's fun. Um, <laughs> one good thing. We have a highlight, everybody. I know you're very excited. We don't talk about political highlights, but something just passed called the CHIPS Act. Now, it sounds weird. But if you don't know, Bobby, you're in IT, and I don't know how closely that you keep track of like the the financial part of what um, the the entire um, focus of uh, creation of technology, which is obviously a huge part of who we are now. Let's just say that the Chinese have a monopoly on like superconductors and computer chips. They do. It all. Yes. And recently, they finally got together bipartisan to decide that we are going to subsidize companies like Intel to make computer processing chips and superconductors and things to compete with China. Now, detractors would say that you're just giving rich companies more money, um, which is understandable. But if we want to have any sort of autonomy within the world of tech and and, and production, yes. we have to get better. And that's what this bill, I, and I don't look at it as that. I look at it investing in American entrepreneurialism and looking at it, um, American productivity is now we're going to have plants producing the things that we should have been producing 20 years ago. Well, we did this in the 90s. I mean, I was living in New Mexico when Intel became the biggest employer in the state of New Mexico. Mm. We were creating all the chips. Right. You know what I mean? That was during the Clinton years Mm -hmm. when he was off fucking off with Jeffrey Epstein and doing all the bullshit that he did. He's taking a lot of plane rides. <laughs> He's taking some plane rides. But yes. that being said, like they still supported Silicon Valley to a degree in the 90s that right. was unprecedented. Sure. Like, they created the tech bubble, they call it. Sure. But I think it was a tech boom. It was. They only say bubble because people get on the train late and lose their ass. Yeah. So that's a bubble. It's not a true bubble. Like no. the real estate bubble 2007. Oh, that, that was, was a bubble. Fun. Yeah. Underwriting fucking mortgages and prime prime loans and shit. Yeah. Yeah. That was a shit pot. But this is going to put in like $34 billion for uh, the ability for America to make its own tech. That's important if we want to continue to distance ourselves financially from other countries. Um, I thought it was, it's a great thing. It's something to hang your I hat on. I hope so. Um, and granted, it would be lovely for American companies to build shit. Dude, there's a, lot of co- there's a lot of companies that were waiting on this, whether or not they were going to just open up factories in other parts of the world. Yeah. They were literally waiting. They're like, are you going to do this or not? Now that they have, here we go. Jobs tech i'm not saying it's perfect there's a lot of dude intel has made profits since they've existed it's not like they're hurting but to get over that hurdle of production the way china is producing which is rabid like locust what i'm Um, curious to see is what's going to happen with supply chains because one of the big reasons that chips are not being made is raw material yep so if you're gonna fuck over 
the the countries that are now making all the chips, right? And try to produce locally. Do we don't necessarily have no, but we have we have silicon production. We have enough mineral rights to be able to do more. I would hope so. We do. I would hope so. And And I don't know the ins and outs. No, I don't think anybody does. Let's be honest. It's a it's a fucking maze. But I do know that supply chains are actually a big part of the problem that we're dealing with as far as chip production. Totally, dude. a a, A guy I met. Um, I was behind the stick, like working last week and this guy came in, he, he does like tech stuff for a living and he showed me a picture. He was flying to Shanghai and he showed me a picture he took out of, out of the porthole of the plane. And when you look at it, it just looks like an expansive ocean with little dots in it. And you zoom in, they're all cargo ships, um, that are, that are basically stationary hundreds and thousands of fucking you know liners cargo ships just sitting there yeah. because there's not enough people to work the ports yep. they, this is like a huge like inflation and everything that's happening to us is not just fucking Biden and fucking the, it's not it, he's part of it and so is every single thing else everything else from like livable wage on up yeah. Is part of the reason why things aren't moving right now, um, but I think injecting that kind of money into our own country is probably not the worst thing, unless it goes to douchebags who spend it on right. hookers and blow, which is what we would spend it on. Of course, duh. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> we got that out of the way. We're starting a new thing where we kind of we'll we'll get all the the hullabaloo out of the way and get down to the fun stuff. But it's important. We're getting older. As you get older, you start caring more about the world issues. I don't know why that is. It's weird. Young people, I mean, I would say probably young people care more about world issues than when we were young. When we were young, we didn't know shit. I know. Like the Berlin Wall fell. We were like, that's cool. They care about some weird issues. Some dumb shit too, right? Like not the stuff that we necessarily... Understood. Not unimportant. I'm not saying their concerns are unimportant. But not super important. But... (laughs) Not, not super important. <laughs> um, welcome back, everybody. We got that out the way. We are in Cloud City. This is the Whiskey Reel. This is the whiskiest of reels and the riskiest of wheels. We are chilling in the storm clouds, hanging out with Thor and Mjolnir because it is storming and has been. This is very unlike Durango. Uh, which where we're at, obviously, as you f- fine folks know, we are we've had like a two and a half day storm right now. This is yeah. crazy. This is not typical nope. for our area. We usually get a monsoon. We get fifteen minutes of heavy sheets of rain. Then it gets sunny. Then rain. This has been literally as this reminds me like of SoCal. This is like some some like LA ship where we'd have a storm for like a few days and it would never stop raining. Yeah. Um, we've had a little a couple respites of of sunshine, but other than that, man, it's been coming down like a mug, dude. Um, which is good. We always say we need it. That's our, that's Durango's favorite phrase. It's good. Uh, we need. I it. know. We need it. I know. We I need it, man. I know. It drives me nuts. <laughs> no. It drives me nuts. But it, it does help from fire, which is yes. our biggest concern in this town, especially from a hospitality uh, standpoint. We need people coming here to live, and when there's fire, people don't come. So, and I will take 72 over 92 oh, any bruh. time. Even though the humidity is up to 80. Oh, yeah. 
It's, <laughs> it's yeah. sticky, dog. Sticky. <laughs> sticky. <laughs> so, but we're above that because we're in the clouds, like we I are. said. Um, Lando so, Calrissian just yeah, walked by our office and gave us a what's up. Dude, Billy D just dropped off two 40s of Colt 45, <laughs> and we are ready to party. That's what's happening, brother. Um, it's beautiful to be back. I'm here with my brother. We are doing a, a twosome, the gruesome twosome today. We don't have any other people talking today. And why would you want to listen to those dickheads? Um, we are here on our own doing that damn thing. It's good to be back. How was your week? My week you, ooh, was... You were moving. I and- was moving. Yeah. So long story short, my, my week has sucked. Dude, moving. Just because moving is just a nightmare. Anybody but, in Durango or the world knows you don't live anywhere for more than a year. Uh, yes. <laughs> but Basically. it seems like I have some light at the end of the tunnel. You do. I have a pretty solid landlord, from what I understand. He's decent. He seems decent. Uh, my place is literally twice the size of the place I had just moved out of. Uh, you got, got bathrooms in your own rooms? Bathrooms. We have central air. We have a garage. We have gas appliances. Ooh, son. Bro. Talk to me. Bro. How good is that? I'm living in this century. That's what's up, dude. Like that. <laughs> You're I in about like 2003. It. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm back to the odds, and well, it never felt better. After, after you get all moved in and get your shit set up, it'll be nice. You'll have a little fucking... Uh, coming of age a house party or or a welcoming oh, party yeah, for sure um you have a young man named stanky hanky that's living down the block from you and i did not show you this but he just sent me a picture of his bar which is four full shelves above his sink and has probably 70 bottles of whiskey that he procured that is not shocking um he's got birthday yeah. He's got a couple pappies. Damn. He's got laws. He's got uh, a like big boy Elijah Craig. He's got honestly, he must have went in there and dropped like three grand yeah. and just built a bar. Cool. And he sent me a picture and I was like, Bruh. son. Yeah. So he's hosting all the UFC fights going forward. Yeah. Fuck I've got- that guy. I've got Hanky, and I've got our buddy Raven is also living in the same complex. No shit. Yeah. I didn't know I mean, that. I've got people. That's amazing. I've got people out there. That's amazing. So it's going to be kind of nice. Once you settle in and fucking, no, you know, yeah, you can yeah. lick we'll your wounds. Moving out. sucks. Once you can lick your wounds and get settled and all the boxes are unpacked. And I'll say this. This was a much less stressful move. <laughs> <laughs> than other moves. <laughs> and I don't I don't want to throw shade on I'm just any saying. friend of the podcast. I'm just saying. But man. <laughs> that was a lot. Walnuts was the stressiest motherfucker. Dude, like, that guy, with. he did. Chill just, is not a word. Doesn't he even understand how to chill. He has no clue how to yeah. chill. Even when he's chilling, he is looking for the next unchill thing. Yes. Yeah. It's pretty miraculous. Beautiful You're, man. <laughs> He's just a psycho. God, he's a psycho. (laughs) Well, welcome back, everybody. We're doing good. I'm doing good. I had a weird last couple days. You ever get in the point where you're not, like, tired? You're exhausted. And it, it feels like you're just... Your brain and your soul needs some some time. And I'm well-rested. You know, I'm 
fucking, you know, working out, eating well and taking my vitamins and doing all that stuff. But man, sometimes you just don't want to play, dude. I don't want to play today, dude. And fortunately, I have this podcast where I can get together with one of my best friends in the world and it, it actually amps me up. It makes me feel better. It's never a chore. I promise you. Um, that being said, uh, we, Bobby, you, you picked up a, we walked into one of our sponsors, Wagon Wheel. You know the wheeliest of wagons. It's right there. It's right by Baskin Robbins. You can go get some diabetes and then go get hammered all in the same strip mall. It's pretty chill. Um, they always have some very obscure shit. And we don't typically go into the tequila, gin, vodka section. We usually stay with bourbon. We are indeed the whiskey reel. However, Bobby, what made you see this? Well, first of all, you technically brought this, but... I just paid for it. You picked it up. Yeah. I was... I I don't know. I'm a little whiskeyed out right now. Like bourbon, <laughs> get, dude. I get it, a little bourboned out. Sometimes. That's fair, dude. And I am famously in this town a gin guy. I drink gin most of the time. Sure. If I'm going to be out and about, I do as well. Over whiskey when I go out, yeah. gin makes me happier than whiskey. Let's just 100%. say that. So I see this bottle, and the first thing I notice is it's pink. And I'm like, yeah. oh, okay. It's con. I don't know how to pronounce this yet. <laughs> I think it's Condesa. It's Condesa. Uh, Condesa gin that is distilled with prickly pear and orange blossom. I'm sorry, Destilado con. Yes, prickly brother. pear and orange blossom. Get that shit. We have never done a Mexican gin. Ever. Ever. I've never seen a Mexican gin. This is not horrible. Um, okay. So when I you, want your thoughts. When you when you see different countries and regions of the world distilling and and fermenting and producing spirits or wine or beer that they typically don't, you're always like, uh, are you gonna get in your lane? Or, you know, you see tequila out of Mexico, obviously, or Pilsners. Or things of that nature, you're like, okay, I, that makes sense. Um, we've had a purple corn whiskey on this program that might have been one of the worst things we've ever had that was out of Mexico. It was Oaxacan purple corn whiskey, and it might be the worst thing we've ever drank on this program. I would program. only argue with the word might. Okay. It was. That the- was. <laughs> The most disgusting thing we've ever done. So this, number one, is um, uh, a, I'm sure a lovely female that distilled this because it's Maestra, Maestra. Um This is all Botanicos of Mexico. Uh, this is, um, it says United in Ritual, which is United in, you know, kind of belief. Uh, it's a beautiful bottle. It's a squat bottle, not unlike uh, Hendrix. Yeah, think Hendrix. It says tradition. It has a beautiful embossed um, lady's hand holding what I believe to be an orange blossom. Um, this is lauded. This is lauded gins. This is lot number nine. They considered a London extra dry. Yes, which I would absolutely concur. I yeah yes. It is I, an extra dry. It is an extra I, I mean, dry. It is can, the most floral aromatic extra dry yeah, brother. that you're going to find. This has 
notes that, antithetical to what extra giant yeah right? this is not beef eater no you know what i mean this is closer spiritually i think to like sapphire or 100 percent uh magellan yeah sapphire is a great pull yeah, i think yeah. for me <clears throat> this has more in common with sapphire than any other gin, if you're a fan of that. Bobby and I are fa- huge fans of Sapphire. Um, it's 96. It's a 43 proof, uh, right? Um, man, uh, this is surprising. We tasted this straight. Yes. On the nose, uh, you get a huge punch of gin. Um, there's a lot of juniper on the nose. There's also a florality to it. More juniper on the nose than the palate. Right. Uh, but that, oh, you got to remember, orange blossom, don't think of as orange fruit. No. They're two different things. Orange blossom is like white flower uh, florality. It's got those kind of mountain flower tones. I always consider white flower like almost like lily um, on the nose. Prickly pear uh, famously is smells and tastes like feet. I don't know why people like prickly pear. It's such a garbage thing to put in it. It just sounds cool. Uh, this doesn't have a, any of that that I can pick up. There might be a bottom or a muskiness to it um, that is that is kind of holding it up. It's beautifully covered. It's like a light salmon in color. If you're fans of brose out there, this is very light salmon in color. Um, it is not hot whatsoever, no. even though it's ninety. It's eighty six. I said ninety six. Eighty six. Um, I mean, I'm I'm impressed with the artisanship of this. Somebody gave a fuck about this. Somebody wanted this to happen. This wasn't a mistake from the bottling to the production. Yes. What? What? I mean, how do? How are you wrapping your head around this? Because it's interesting. So they're advertising this as a botanical gin, mm-hmm. and. The botanicals are there, but this is what we would used to call a, an aromatic. Yep. This is a very floral gin, and I love the notes. Fuck yeah, dude. And, I mean, of course, every classic thing is there. The juniper is very, very present. Yeah. But this tastes like fl- flowers. Yeah. Like, literally, like you're drinking flowers. It's fucking crazy the prickly pear i don't think overwhelms it at all at all it's more of the because that can be a very sticky earthy kind of weird flavor i I think it's just musty yeah yeah i'm not a big fan of prickly pear i'm not in general but they do it really well um i think because of the color of this gin um this would make one of the coolest looking martinis in the planet it'd be Dope. It would be so beautiful in a glass up. Um, that being said, um, one of the prohibitive factors of this is that it's like 46 bucks yes. retail. It's not the cheapest in the world. It's not breaking the bank. It's a little boutique, though. It's very boutique. I don't even know if you guys would be able to find it. But if you do and you're a fan of gin, you must try this. This is really unlike any other gin I've had. Um, and and that says a lot. Bobby and I are kind of love our gin. We've tried everything on the market within reason, and this is just a it's a crusher. It's it's super feminine. You have a you have a young oh, lady on the front so in a leotard, burning sexy. sage, it's sexy burning sage on the front. 
Very crunchy. It's funny that she's doing that because that's one of the... So on their website, if you go to Condesa, their gin That's website, Condesa with one S, by the way. So it's condesagin.com. Mm-hmm. Um, their flagship spirit is their Classica. Okay. So they do a classical uh, London dry gin. Okay. But the the selling point being that they use Mexican sage and jasmine. Oh wow! To supplement the um, the other botanicals. The other botanicals, right? So I think that's kind of I think that's where the branding it's, it's kind comes of a, from. It's kind of a nod, yeah, to that. I think so. I think so. It's it's beautiful gin. The big the big over the top point is. We tried this straight. We talked about it. We're in love with it. The next step we took in it, um, <laughs> Old Wagon Wheelies has this uh, tonic called Strong Water. Um, it's an orange blossom sparkling tonic. So when I saw the bottle that has literally orange blossom and I saw the tonic that literally is orange blossom tonic, guess what we did, kids? Um we made one of the better gin and tonics that you're going to have. Um, I am so over the moon about the flavor combination of these two products. Yes. I could not be happier. What do, what do you think the tonic... If you have the means... I, yeah, I mean, I spent... Like, listen. And I don't mean the financial means. If oh, you could just if you find, just find it. Find yeah, these two totally, products together. Totally. Good Lord, this is a... Fabulous gin and tonic. This is like a panty dropper gin and, and tonic. And no citrus. We have no, no citrus. We don't have any lime. We don't have nothing. No. We're going raw dog. We're just in a hot author's office. <laughs> just drinking gin and tonics. Say hot author's office. Hot author's <laughs> office. It is delicious. It's it's refreshing as balls, which sounds worse than what it actually meant. Um, I'm sure balls aren't refreshing. I've never had them. But I don't imagine the refreshing. Uh, this is more refreshing than balls. Yes. It's lovely. The orange blossom is so there. The tonic is so subdued. I'm talking about these two together. The Condessa gin is a fantastic gin. Um, is it my favorite gin? No. No. But is it something that you guys out there that kind of are looking for something new? I don't even know if you can source this. Go online. Look for a retailer that has Condessa gin. If not, order it online. Fuck them. Yeah. If they can't take a joke. Or ask your biggest purveyor wherever you are to get it. They love when people tell them to get stuff. They'll get it for you. This is baller, dude. It is super good. Yeah, dude. I'm very impressed by this. Um, Yeah. Speaking of super good. (laughs) Yes, sir. (laughs) Great segue. Yesterday, I had a really funny day. I did you forgot that I had made movie plans with a couple of friends. I go down after an an entire morning, early afternoon of moving. Sure, which is fun. So we I'm talked exhausted. About I wanted a goddamn uh, salad, like a I do like this Greek salad at okay. our local deli. It's amazing. I am sitting there, and our mutual friend Stephen comes walking in, and he's like, "Hey, man, how are you doing?" I'm like, uh, "I'm okay. I'm tired." And he's like, "Well, I'm getting ready to go watch Top Gun," and I'm like, "Where?" And he's like, "Right over here, right over here at the gaslight, like two blocks away." And I'm like, 
I'm coming with you. So I <laughs> I close out my tab. We go over to the Gaslight Theater here in Durango, Colorado. Was it the shitty sound or the good sound? It was decent. Okay. Yeah, it was pretty solid. Because the one theater is unwatchable. But, dude, those seats are like lazy boys. I mean, Yeah, but the feet crazy. don't go up. No, the feet don't That's go up. That's the only bad. Feet We're spoiled now. No, but I stay awake without <laughs> reclining. <laughs> So it's your only shot. <laughs> he this was his first time watching the film. Right. Um uh Stevie Diggs, by the way. Okay. If you guys are wondering. Like if you long time Free listeners. Durango Annie. Long time listeners. Um yeah. So Stevie Dicks and I went to uh to watch Top Gun. He loved it. I loved watching it for my third time. You're such a it, fucking stand. It dude. was so good. So <laughs> again. I go back to the deli because that's where my bike was. And I was like, well, I'm going to, you know, saddle up and go Let's home. wrap it up. Five minutes later, Scotty B, who is brother to one of the owners of said deli, texts me. And he's like, hey, man, are you ready for the movie? We got a movie in like an hour. And I had forgotten. I'm like, oh, shit. I made a commitment to go watch. Nope. It's BVN, dude. Yeah. That's what he does. So BVN. Yeah. And then uh, another friend of the podcast, Tig, is like, oh, yeah, 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 we're ready. Because we already had tickets. We've had tickets for two weeks. <laughs> I'm like, shit. <laughs> I guess I'm I love doing those. It. I love when you have the plans that jump back into your life. Yeah. And you're like, oh, my God, I totally agreed to this. Mother Super proud of myself because I followed through. Yeah. I was like, no, we're going to this movie. I can't wait to see it. Do we have any fungus? For those, there's fungus among us. There's fungus among us. So, anyways, long story short, we did that, and we go to this movie, and it is Jordan Peele's newest opus. Nope. Who? Nope. You got to say it right. Nope. Got to say it right. Nope. Nope. So, I would love to know your initial thoughts, because you saw this a week before I did. Yeah. Okay. Obviously, um, knowing knowing my family dynamic, uh, we take um, Jordan Peele's <laughs> offerings of art very seriously. Of it's course. kind of a celebratory time. It really is. Um, Rex and I talked about this months before it came out. This came out on her birthday. Um, we had a we had a really fun time Saturday night. So fun that we wanted to kill ourselves on Sunday. But had committed to buy the tickets for last Sunday. We go there and literally as the lights are coming down and the previews are over, she's like punching me in the leg. She's so fucking excited. That's how the the anticipation of this guy for us is 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 over the top. We expect so much from Mr. Jordan Peele because he's given us nothing but fucking bangers. He's not done anything bad ever in our eyes. Well, let's talk about right? what he's done. Um, so first and foremost, get out. I think we can all agree. I, I don't know what you want to say about it. Get out is is a movie akin to The Shining in its originality and uh, what it brought to the genre. It brought something completely different. 
It's the black Hitchcockian perspective. Thank you. It's 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 almost like a deep dive into black culture and thought. And this is me reaccounting from somebody who I'm very very close with. I'm not by no means trying to put that upon it. These are um, conversations that I've had with a number of you know people of color that have explained how impactful this movie was and the fear and the horror of that movie are different from the fear and the horror of other movies because it is centralized towards the black community. Yes. So those, those specific nuances are scary or for the black community than let's say, however you bring everybody together. I'm not trying to segment it. I'm just saying it was a scary movie for everybody. Yes, but it was it is, amazing but- how it was built for them. Follow me down this really quick rabbit mm-hmm. hole, uh, this line of thought yeah. that I've had about Get Out. I think about the Nirvana song um, where they the frat boys are basically being exposed, right? Right. But they love the fucking song because it kind of seems like it's about them. Right, but it isn't. Get Out has a very similar kind of vibe to it where it's like, me as a middle-aged white man, I'm watching it and I'm like, oh no, I get this. I get it. Right. Of course I get it. Why wouldn't I get it? You know, and I love it, but that movie's not made for me, man. Um, I think that's why it was called Get Out. Yeah. It's I think it, it wasn't, it wasn't, they got to get out. I think it was just like, get out, bro. And don't get me wrong. I think I'm smart enough to understand where are. they're coming I'm not from. Th- this, but this isn't a segregated movie. It wasn't like they were cutting out. This was inclusive in as much as it wanted a mirror held up. And it did. It did it in spades. It was beautifully done. It was beautifully acted. Um, Daniel Lacuya, that was kind of most people's introduction to him as an actor. Then we moved on to Us, um, which he went from Get Out, which was almost very understandable thematically. Get Out, you understood. It was a bunch of uh, racist, upper middle class, like rich people that brought this thing in almost as like a um, like the human hunters game and tried to do this as a sport. Uh, then you the got an ultimate us. film about appropriation. Dangerous like, game. Nothing has ever been more about more appropriate appropriating. Right. Totally, than literally taking over the body of a black man. One hundred percent. And the fact that they were so willing to do so, or and black so woman, thirsty or, yeah. to do so, was amazing. So thirsty to do. So. Um, then you got into us, which Oof. went into a completely different realm. Um, for those of you who haven't seen these movies, <clears throat> Bobby's going to put down below. Uh, a time code where you should probably come back because if you haven't seen these then this is going to be or maybe you haven't and well, you want to see these we're just going to say it like there's going to be are, huge spoilers this body is going to be spoiler rich yep. about yep. the film that and we, all of his films about all of his films um specifically about nope yeah. um because this movie's still in theaters we're going to touch on things. We're going to be very sensitive about it. Without we're going to try it. without shredding but it. I'm not going to police myself no. too much. Mm-mm. So you might want to. If skip you want to turn it off, turn it off. Yeah, but, and, but yeah. Bobby's going to put a time code below because you're going to want to hear the music we have too. 
later on. But that being said, we went into us. A lot more symbolism, a lot more subtext, a lot more esoteric sort of shit going on. Less easy to compartmentalize at the end. Um, More frightening in a lot of respects, us was, than Get Out. Um, Us had a general uh, horror to it. Yes. Um, of dread and and unnerviness and anxiety that I that get out had it. Um, but us was a different um, it was two sides of the same coin, right? Very troubling troubling. Troubling narrative. And then when you find out what that narrative led to became even more troubling. And kind of a M night very much kind of so. twist. Kind of thing, but that, better and and less, but better, but better and less sellout. Yes. Um, sorry, M Night, you had your moment in the sun twenty five years ago. Um, and that, here we come to, nope, nope. Um, but let, let me ask you, because you're only at twenty four hours after this film, and I'm trying to sound like this film is like life altering. I'm not it's trying not, to be. It's I'm not. not trying to be woo woo about it. I'm just saying this takes a minute to wrap your head around for a lot of reasons. Uh, Jordan Peele is a man who doesn't seem to do a lot of things by mistake. There, you know, those frames on that film. He originally cut this at three hours and forty minutes and got it down under two hours. Under two hours. Um, there's a reason why he did. He left a lot of celluloid on the floor, as it were, quote unquote. Um, every frame of this film was absolutely procured. Um, what did you walk away thinking after 24 hours of watching this? As I sit here right now, um, my first impression is the relationship building in this movie was phenomenal. So it's one of the most acute observations about family that Mm -hmm. I've seen in a while, especially when it comes to brothers and sisters. Mm -hmm. Brother and a sister doesn't happen very often in film. In film. It just doesn't. And I don't get it. I don't understand why it's like that. The last great film I can think of that actually had a great brother and sister together going through conflict and going through growth was you can count on me with uh, Laura Linney and Rudd. and uh, no not Rudd but um, what's his name um, the guy that plays the Hulk Banna uh, no no Norton? the other the other Hulk <laughs> no the other Hulk <laughs> <laughs> oh the sulking Hulk the sulking the, Hulk. I the, call no, him the, our I, most recent Hulk I call him the sulk I don't know why his brain like my Mark. Brain Mark Ruffalo. Ruffalo, thank you. So there's a movie called <laughs> You Can Count on Me, which is about a... Okay. There, it starts with actually a very similar theme, and that is Mark Ruffalo coming back to town to reconnect with his sister, much like right. Nope, where the sister is coming back to town because yeah. she just wants to hang out. Sure. You know what I mean? And I found that really, really sweet. Like, well, you I, have a you have an interesting dynamic with you and your sister. I do, so I can see the appeal. No, I wish I had that same that rapport. relationship with yeah. my sister. That would be amazing. I, I would it. love that. Yeah, because I love my sister. But you don't. She's a big giant <laughs> bitch. 
most of the time. <laughs> she will never hear this, so it doesn't matter. No, she'll so, never listen so, okay, to this podcast. Okay, so the, the actual dynamicism of the characters was number so one. So that's my biggest thing, okay. right? Like, like, I just love the fucking connection between mm. these two main characters. One, they're both fucking phenomenal actors. Ooh. I mean, holy cow. She, in particular... Took me by surprise. Keegan I was Palmer like, holy cow, was, was she good. Nobody saw this coming with her. Woo. And she made her mark. Yes. Let's just say that. Um, she made She's her got mark. no less than three moments in this movie that floored me. Yeah. Like, absolutely floored me. Like, that is amazing. Yeah. You are amazing. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Super, super good. Talented woman. Talented, talented young lady. Uh, yeah, I was so impressed. What did you think overall, thematically, the entire... Because it's hard. We're trying not to spoil, but we're gonna. Um, we're going to. Um, you already know this movie's about aliens. They were not shy no. in the trailers. No, it's you all there. You know this is about an alien concept. Now, there's a twist nature to that. Of course. But uh, my overall impression is this is we both we we both know that I brought this up earlier. We both know that Jordan Peele is very invested in Twilight Zone, Outer Limits, Outer Limits. He's a he, fan. He loves this style of filmmaking. That's his and story building roots and building yeah. a story and. It's it's hard for me to digest it because that's what he's building. This I, I'm trying to say this without being overtly just ruining this movie. I know for you're trying to be you. You have to be obtuse, and but I get it. He brings in this level of tension that is fucking phenomenal. He ties it in to a very adjunct character's early life. Which actually tells the entire story. Does that make sense, what I'm saying? It does. It's hard for people who haven't seen it. And we're being literally obtuse trying to explain this so to you. So Daniel Yui? You? Um, Daniel Yu. Daniel Yu. Or Yo, I think it's Yo. pronounced. His character, it's Glenn from Walking Dead. Glenn from Walking Dead. <laughs> His character is maybe, from a story-building concept mm-hmm. the most important character in the movie because that's he arguable ties, he yeah. ties the two I concepts together i get it i get it i totally understand why you say that and you're gonna find the beauty of this movie is you're gonna find more and more and more and more and more this <clears throat> the one thing i've noticed about jordan peele's filmmaking is he you know it's very it's very cliche to say it's an onion and you unpeel it and you unpeel it um, no pun intended, Jordan Unpeel. Um, but literally, uh, this and his movies, more so with this movie than Get Out or Us, seems to be so amazingly astute and in-depth with what it wants to do. Um, yes, this is an alien movie, but this is also an indictment on Hollywood's... Unwillingness to not pay for a spectacle. And that's a through line with this entire movie. Um, 
the another through line through this movie is all lies on you and the 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 anxiety and the the willingness to be under the watch of somebody um you were begging for the attention of somebody and juxtapose that with not wanting to be seen yes um it's an interesting dichotomy there's a lot of deep 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 levels in this there's a a through line that happens in act three basically this movie where survival depends upon not seeing not looking not looking being unaware being unaware which is interesting and that's an interesting societal thing there is so much, especially of, considering what they bring up in this film. Amazing, and 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 that's so very important. smart. I want to bring up um, a couple things for you. Um, if you go see this movie, and you should, and you will, yes, if you're please, listening to my voice, do. please do. I want you to think of. Uh, there's a couple things I want you to think of um, when you look at the end of the movie, and there is there is alien activity. We all know this already. It doesn't happen the way you think it's going to happen. I want you to think of Rorschach and the Rorschach test. And if you're unfamiliar with that, it's evaluating shapes and discerning them into things into your psyche. Um, that will fuck you up watching this movie. Um, there's one, another kind of nerdy thing to say. Um Jordan Peele, before he went into production, asked his cinematographer, is like one of the best dudes in the game, if you saw an alien in real life, how would you want to film it? You can film it any way you want. How would you want to film an alien? And he says, I'd shoot it on IMAX. Yeah. So he shot the entire movie on IMAX. Yeah. And I know that sounds super specific to laymen like me, but when you see the scope and the spectacle of this movie, and I bring up depth. spectacle over again. IMAX is depth. Sweet Jesus. What this movie, how this movie performs in real time is beautiful. And you may have, you have, you may walk away from this going, that's fucking stupid. That's fine. Um, this wasn't supposed to be a bang, bang, shoot em up. Uh, blood and guts, horror. This wasn't supposed to be that. It was really an indictment. It was an indictment on Hollywood. It was an indictment on ourselves for considering what's important in our lives. There's a lot of deep layers to this. And I want to bring up one thing to you, and I'll shut the fuck up, I promise. Yeah, we'll take a break after this. This is what Rex said to me, and this is going to fuck you up right now, because absolutely nobody that I've heard brought this up. We watch that movie, and there's a there's a really disturbing scene with a chimpanzee, and when you see it, you see it. That's all I'm going to say. Can't even. Um, but it, it bespokes the predatory nature of animals and how man deals with it, um, which could be a through line through the entire movie. Um, and we looked, and we said, did you notice the fucking shoe? Yeah. The floating shoe? The floating shoe. And Danielle texts me, just said her name, doesn't matter, everybody knows. Rex texts me and said, and all she texts was, fuck the shoe. When is the shoe going to drop? Yeah. When is the other shoe going to drop? Yep. And I went, that's 
why I love you, boo. I know. I know. No, that's beautiful. F- fucked me up. That's perfect. Um, hey, this movie's got so much for so many. It may not be your favorite movie. I know it's not mine. But man, did he put some good work. Um, and we talked about Daniel LaCuya's acting and how stoic and beautifully subdued he was. That's um, what I was left with. This okay, his, yeah, his, you, his, you, you, you were affected by that. Yeah, his sense of stoicism and heroism is something that I haven't seen in a long time. It's in almost a movie. comic book. You know what I mean? Like well, how it's almost a western. It's mm. it's John Wayne ish. Yeah. Without being racist, obviously. (laughs) Minus the racism. Minus the racism and horrible misogyny. (laughs) It was it was very John that idyllic American concept of a stoic hero. That's what his character embodies. Like true Americana. He literally shows up at the right moments. On a horse. On a fucking horse doing and okay, we gotta mention before we go to break. I know, guys, we can do this for two hours. We could do this for This movie's forever. really important on a lot of levels. Yeah. You may not think it's a great movie, but I want you to consider it as something important. Imagine a fucking blockbuster movie starring mostly black Americans where they're allowed to make the right choices. Oof. And they all most always make the right choices. No, they, they kind of always, always do in this movie. That's the concept behind the title. Motherfucker, nope. what happens if there's some shit going on outside your car? You say, nope. Nope. Uh-uh. What do you do? Lock the fucking door. And and it, there should have been a parenthesis around nope that said, mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. <laughs> nope, uh-uh. And I'm unafraid to like say that because Jordan Peele's Specifically, kind of, specifically talked about this. No, it's He's not. Like, nope. You can't pronounce nope. We are going to say nope. <laughs> no, nah, it's like nope, nope. Uh-uh. And lock that nope. door. And he did. And that's what she did. Kiki Palmer was like, "Get fucking run." Uh, uh-uh. uh, no, we ain't doing this right now. Yeah. There's a beauty to this movie that I hope throughout the years unravels throughout society a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Um, it's a great insight to uh, um, any family, not just black families, but any family, the uh, the distance of a father and a son and a father and a daughter and brother and sister. Um, it's just beautifully done and well thought oh, and considerate. And yeah. one last thing before we break. Keith David. Thank you. We did not mention Keith David, who is a goddamn legend. He's a gem. In the industry. That man is responsible for some of my favorite horror performances of all time. Baller. Um, especially when he worked with John Carpenter. He was in <laughs> he The, the thing, thing, brother. By the way, I still think he was The Thing at the end of that movie. Uh, opinions vary. No breath. He had no ah, His breath was not bitch. frosted. You're such a nerd, dude. Uh, <laughs> I, love, I love you so much. And then the fight scene that Keith David does... With Roddy Piper in They they Live. Live. You mean the 72-minute fight scene? Come on. One of the best things ever. Keith David's the dad to Danny LaCuna. It was 21 minutes long. It was amazing. Um, They just kept fighting. Guys, do yourself a favor. Go see the movie. We're not ruining it for you. Trust me. We didn't even scratch the surface. 
But go in with an open mind, go in with an open heart, go in understanding that an alien is not just an alien and a family is just not a family. And what you're seeing is not necessarily what you're seeing. Go in open-minded and you will love this movie as much as we do. And don't be afraid of watching a movie that you've literally never seen before because you've never seen this you've movie before. You've never seen this movie. You've never seen it. And it's going to be jarring and it's weird. It's exciting. It's exciting. And Bobby's 24 hours off of it. I'm a week off of it. And once he sniffs the farts of this movie, as long as I have, he will get as excited. Trust me. It's a beautiful movie. Big up Jordan Peele, man. You don't need it. But give that man all the money in the world to do whatever the fuck he wants. Because he was talking about doing a live action Akira. And if that happens. Come on. That might be it for me. I know. That might be coronary in the theater. Do not resuscitate. I go for (laughs) DNR and I'll just die. And it's fine. I will have lived a good life. You know what I mean? I'll fucking give all my money to Izzy. She'll be fine. I'm going to play the Akira theme song for the break. (laughs) He said, yeah. (laughs) Guys, are we taking a break? We're taking a break. Yeah. Listen here, you fucks. Do you want to be big? But every single thing about you, inside and out, is small as shit. Well, lucky fucking you. At Uncle Tiny's Closet, we got all the things to make you look bigger. Small chairs. Tiny hats. Minuscule dinnerware for your tiny hands. Tiny desks. You fucking get it. You get what we do. And it's not just stuff for us Goombas, neither. We got chick stuff, too. Tiny keychain vagisils. Itty bitty bottles of white Zinfandel and little tissues for your little fucking issues. So go to tinyaf.com right now and use the promo code DIAPERDON for 90% off your first semester at a very tiny online university. This could be the first step in your tiny future. Uncle Tiny's Closet. Tiny packages for your tiny packages. Your dicks are small. Hey, friends. Hey! You guys can reach out to us at 970-426-5344. Skinny is winning. 970-426-5344. That is the official number of the Whiskey Reel. Yeah, man. Leave us a voicemail. Leave us a text message. Get a hold of us. Yeah. Um, um, how about rate us on your platform? And yeah, give us five stars, especially if you're an iTunes user. A you five star selfish review. bitches. Take a minute. I know you're listening. We've only been doing this for four years and yeah. have like a modicum of we, success. Yeah, we have some reviews. We're fine, but how about you? Just it literally takes two seconds to do. So do us a favor. It helps us out a lot. As you guys know, if you do leave a review on iTunes podcast or Apple podcast, what have you, 
five-star reviews will make it much easier for people to find this podcast. Yeah, go figure. That would be amazing. We would yeah. love that if you guys would do that. Granted, we are for you specifically, those of you listening, but we'd like to talk to more of you. Also, in those reviews, you don't have to necessarily review the podcast. I mean, talking about the podcast is actually kind of boring. Talk about the things that you love. Talk about your favorite movies. Talk about yeah. the songs you want to hear. Just shout out, and I promise you, we are going to read those, and we will give you feedback. That will inspire future episodes, if right? you are so insane that you can't leave a review on <laughs> Apple Podcasts, <laughs> shoot us an email. You know who you are. Send an email out to whiskeyreel at gmail.com. Most people don't even send emails to the people they work for. I don't. I Nobody does. No. It's an insane person's use of communication it is it's like when like i said before when people call me i question their sanity the fact that you're not texting me means that you have a problem yes <laughs> that be- <laughs> it's, so it's so bad it's so bad that's uh, where we are we are out there on instagram under the whiskey reel you can at us. You can send us messages. Actually, we do get some feedback on our Instagram account, but it's not crazy positive or anything. That Great. Wanna I want to hear the our... negative shit, too. Well, bring it. I know. I know. We have a former friend that's been just blowing us up. Really? On Instagram messaging. That's rad. And it's it's not flattering. Should we take a shot? But it's more personal in nature <laughs> oh god maybe, i want to know so much more maybe maybe just maybe directed it <laughs> myself <laughs> come get it bitch um, um yeah i don't know who you are, are i'm just we are huge in connecticut just saying come get it bitch not so, to you particularly exactly yeah we spent the body of this podcast talking about one film. Nope. Nope. No. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. That, that should have been in parentheses. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Lock uh-uh. that nope. door. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. No, sir. Um, we're going to go into some Musica Caliente. Yeah. Yeah, because which we are wont to do. And we, we, I guarantee you, this segment contains no rap music. None. For the first time so in... So, Kylene... If you're listening, yeah, this is for you, baby girl. Stop writing tickets <laughs> and turn up your headphones. Talk to me about what you're doing, my friend. All right, brother. Um, there's a band that means a lot to me. I actually saw them at the Hollywood Bowl on 4th of July in 2019. Um, they're one of those... <laughs> Bobby said, what did you say? Fucking... Uh, crying white guy bands or yeah, like yeah. yeah and they are and they, but ben gibbard the 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 main songwriter of this as you all know is the head of death cab for cutie i know i know you're saying to yourself what the fuck aaron what is happening i'm a big fan of these guys uh trans atlanticism was a huge album in my life um amazing album it's an amazing album it's perfect that it really kind of is. I don't want to go there, but it is. honestly, it it's is. if you are unfamiliar with the band or unfamiliar with that album, it is goddamn almost a perfect album. Um, 
brilliant songwriters, great musicians. Um, and they tend to touch on the things like loss and relationships. And it's not everybody's cup of tea, but they also have a huge sense of humor, believe it or not, about themselves. Um, and this song is called Here to Forever. This song starts off with them making fun of themselves. They're at a, a vinyl factory looking for their records. They don't have the records done. And these two goofball girls say it's going to be nine months to your press. And he goes, well, what can we do? And she goes, why don't you jump in and help us? So the whole video is around them pressing out records and trying to get it done. Um, their album's going to be called Asphalt Meadows. And this song's called Here to Forever. And it's one of those upbeat uh, death cab joints. But it's very poignant because you don't like you don't need to like this band, but you have to respect the fact that this guy writes very poignant lyrics. Okay, so my first question after listening yeah. to that track. <laughs> do you think that he's ever listened to some New Order? Oh, my God. I mean, that bass line is so fucking New Order. Even his vocal. It's insane. Yes. Vocal filters. Yeah, and no. I don't mean that as an they're, insult. No, they're fans. Don't get me wrong. They are definitely New Order fans. They have such a nuance. Now that they're older, especially, they're not so muddy in their lyrics and so yeah. eccentric and esoteric in like their symbology of like what they're saying. Um, I like older, wiser Death Cab. I think yeah. they say more with less. I think the I was saying to you while it was playing, the mix is so good. We talk about mix a lot on the program, and the his vocal mix to uh, what the guitars, the bass drum and vocals are doing is so good, dude. The production is so solid with them. It makes me happy. Yeah, no, that's a fucking amazing track. Great. It really is. I'm glad you like it because I know Death Cab is a little, it can get a little well, much. <laughs> it has a, a connotation to it. Of course it does. Um, what is the um, I'll follow you into the dark? That is has the such a the wedding song of all time. Yes, and it's a beautiful song. It's a beautiful song. It's it about really someone is. dying. But it like, is, it's a but it's song. about literally somebody coming behind you after death. But and... I think that song did them a disservice as a band because it became their anthem. It really that, did. That's what they're now identified with. Yeah. And but the fact is, they have a lot of great music. Like, dude, they, their first three albums, honestly, are almost perfect. The songwriting, yeah. um, Kath, like Sarah says, 
Um, there's a lot of fucking good. They, they live good. in that world that was inhabited by the Shins and yeah, Built to Spill. They were, and... Well, outside of Built to Spill were before everybody. But like they ushered in a sound. Yeah. They really did. It was the, yeah. you know, we were the sad, fat, hairy white guys from the Northwest. <laughs> well, I've got a band that I had never heard of until two hours ago. You're excited. I know nothing about them. I love it. But I know that I like their music. Hell yeah. It the So I'm going to be coming into this almost as fresh as you are. Hell yeah. Let's I've go. barely heard some of it. Let's get the this volume band, up. This band, I know nothing about them. They are called Chat Pile. Which chat Pile. A Chat Pile. It's a very interesting sound. I started hearing like Helmet. I started hearing Rollins. I started hearing. You said Black Flag. Black Flag for sure. Yeah. I, I don't know. They have a a sound all their own. It's definitely post hardcore. You were like Doom Gaze. A little Doom Gazy yeah. at moments. Yeah. That's what um, you were saying. So this song is called Slaughterhouse. Sounds uplifting. Of course it is. <laughs> That shit is dope. I think it's really fucking cool. I dig it. I like the sludgy, oh. methodical, just drone. Doom sludge. Of just do- yeah, exactly. There's a, that's a good way to put it. Dude. Just doomy and sludgy. And, and there's some shoegaze in it. And, yes. And it, like all those crappy indicators of what bands are. He'll but scream man, a little, is... but he's also going to harmonize a little. Yeah, like, dude, I don't know. That was like an it. all scream. There was some just like that. I love, I love, that's what you and I actually, when we met each other, we met each other yeah. with music. And that music was hardcore 90s rap and just insane shoegaze music and post-hardcore and this has all that post-hardcore bark market, quicksand, mixed with pavement and helmet. Um, I fucking love shit. All like these that. bands that everyone should fucking listen to. Yeah, why don't you listen I to I mean, that? I think we specifically bounded over quicksand because quicksand is... One of the best post-hardcore I, I mean, bands of all time. They put out two albums that are... That's... Goddamn legend. That's all and, you need to know about post hardcore. Yeah. Quicksand Slip and Quicksand Manic Compression. Manic Compression. Those two albums are. We still threaten to do a Manic Compression oh, podcast. I'll, I'll do the whole thing. Holy shit. I'll do it next People week. People need to hear that, shit. man. That is I don't give a the fuck. best album. It's one of the best albums I've ever heard. Baphomet and freaking like. Yes, uh, brother. Yeah. Let's Those, go. Woo. So um, good. Guys, enjoy that, though. That's fucking fun. Yeah. Go turn it up all the way and try not to kill your loved one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> try. 
Just try. <laughs> hey, whatever happens, happens. <laughs> Do you want to unleash the fury? Oh, boy. Well, I don't always have wisdom. And today, I don't know if I necessarily do. Yeah. But it is time for us to clutch our pearls of wisdom. <laughs> I'm waiting for the harpsichord. I know. Yeah, that comes later. I know. Thanks. That's post-production. I, <laughs> I mean, I don't have a ton of pearls right now. I have been, this week, so fucking busy trying to put my life together in every avenue. Uh, beyond moving, which we talked about, and that's always just a rare treat. It's hard. I'm also dealing with the Colorado Treasury Department and the Department of Motor Vehicles and getting devices taken out of my car so I can be a grown-up again and a lot of stuff that has been so stressful for me over the last three years. And I'm watching it go away Mm. and it's funny you look back at how dysfunctional you've been for a period of time (laughs) yeah and then you're like oh that's why because i haven't had self-esteem for three years i can't literally go anywhere as an adult male yeah you know what would be awesome loving myself again (laughs) and respecting (laughs) myself again wouldn't that be cool? That's a for... dangerous Bobby noise, by the way. Oh, like not uh, loving Bobby himself, Bobby noise? No, no, no. Bobby full of love of, the, uh, of himself. Oh, no, that's I a problem. Se- I haven't seen that guy in a while. That guy will fuck your mom. <laughs> <laughs> you will not get near Renee. Do you understand me? She is a princess. She is a princess. She's a queen. She is. She is. Um, but yeah, I don't know if there's a pearl in there somewhere. I, I just self-love and falling in love with yourself again is a very powerful moment. Mm. And you got to take the steps, man. Like, And that's what the last few weeks have been for me is taking the steps to returning to form a little bit. And now all of a sudden it's like weirdly without even thinking about it. I'm like, you know what would be awesome is like working out. Taking a run. Shocker. Oh, man, I should go paddleboard. I can do that. You can do that. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like, But when it, your mind's clouded with other shit, yeah. it's very difficult. No, and you you take the obstacles that have been given to you and you create other obstacles right. to removing those obstacles. There's <laughs> yeah, a weird totally. human condition that happens. Yeah. And I don't really understand it, but I've been living through it. And holy fuck, man. Uh, I'm feeling better in this moment than I've felt in three years. Dude. No fucking doubt about up, it. Man. Yeah. And I'm glad you are. And you are through the other side of it. Yes. You're on. I the, am. You're on it's the over. good side of it's over. It's over. So I, I, we all want to see a Bobby noise on the other side of that tunnel. The very first episode that you can go on SoundCloud or yeah. whatever provider that you have and listen to is an episode called what happened to Bobbeth? Wow, or, is that the first one? That's the first one. I'm never going to archive that episode. No, that's an that, important episode. It was the beginning of stage two right. of this podcast. And yeah. that's when we started to become who we actually were meant to be. Yeah. And wow. what about Bobbeth? That's what it's actually called. What about Bobbeth? Yeah. And just, I'm not on it, clearly. Because yeah. I was 
dying and unconscious on the side of the road. I don't mean to laugh, but that's <laughs> no, but it was pretty fucking. I mean, honestly, I, I laugh about it. Now. I went back and listened to it, and I'm like, all right, it was pretty fucking funny. <laughs> that was for all you people that haven't heard that. Go back to the OG and go to the first episode. It will literally be the first episode. It is. An extraordinary episode. Yes. It really is. And um, during the recording of that episode, I was not dying. Almost. Almost. But not. But kind of came close. It was weird. I almost um, died. That my, my, one of my best friends almost passed away that day. And we, I look back on that. And then I see him now. Um, and what a uh, tough road it's been. A lot of hurdles. And he's he's hopped over every hurdle. He's trudged through every mud pit to get to this point. And now you're here, and you're almost on the right side of history, my dude. I know. I'm proud of you. Thanks, buddy. I'm proud of you, man. Appreciate it. Um, what you got? I got what I got. Top it, um, bitch. There is a, I know, right? <laughs> I almost died. I, I get that. <laughs> um, well, I did die yesterday. I've been reincarnated into an angel. All right, good. Um, my thing is uh, differentiating in your life between being tired and being exhausted. Tired is something that you feel when you don't get enough sleep. We've all been tired. You've had a long night. Um, you worked hard for way too many hours and then you get up and you didn't quite enough get enough sleep. That's different from being exhausted. Being exhausted is where you can get three nine hour, 10 hour nights of sleep in a row and you still feel tired. That's your brain telling you, you need to slow the fuck down and take some time for yourself. I've been feeling exhausted over the last couple of days and I'm starting to try to think about things I can do to give myself more time. Being a family man, having a kid, um, being a Fucking, you know, trying to be a, a stalwart at your workplace, trying to get different avenues of revenue, it creates a lot of pressure on you. And, and sometimes I forget that. And I forget that just because I get a good night's sleep and I work out and I take my vitamins and all that's great. I, I woke up the past couple days, man. I was fucking exhausted, man. And it felt like no matter what I did, I couldn't get back over that hump. I think that is your body's way of telling you, you need to chill the fuck out and take a little bit of a break. So that's what I think I'm going to be doing um, next week is taking a couple days for me. Um, shit is hard. It's a grind. Everybody's struggling. Um, and the people that aren't, trust me, you will um, be struggling. Differentiate between being tired and being exhausted. Man, getting a good night's sleep is one thing, but... Taking some time is another. Yeah. Um, I've been finding that out a lot about myself last few days. So when you say that, and I don't want to hijack your segment, no. but when I think about the difference between being tired and being exhausted, tired is you've got to start tapping into your reserves. Yeah. Because you're tired. You're tired. Exhausted is... You're done. I'm out. You're, you're out of your reserves. Your so you're reserves are depleted. Fumes, you're it's running like on fumes. The same way your body, when you're done with energy, starts eating at its own self. Yeah. Like you eat your own muscle. Yeah. When you're done with fat, you eat muscle. You start hurting yourself. And that's what exhaustion is, I think. 
And at that point, you need to pull the reins and go, okay, I need to recoup a little bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's um, it's like sex with a fat girl. 